0: the nest. Like a stranger in the night, my soul cries out for rest, but the end is not in sight. Happy New Year! It's 2022. Happy New Year! It's Bill Mesnick, the wondrous Bill Mesnick in California. Rich Buckland with you. We are known as the splendid bohemians and this is a program that we like to call put on a stack of 45s where we take a 45 rpm recording of note and offer it to you on the old turntable with insights and gratification to the artists and writers who uh, gave it to us we get into the grooves we get the dust out we take a good hard look at what this recording means and hope that it means something to you so for those of you who have not been wished a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, we want to be the uh, ones to extend our hope that this year is your finest hour. Your This year is your finest hour. Now that's poetry, my friend. That's poetry. Works. Not the poetry, though, of Shane McGowan.
1: Or Russell Smith.
0: Or Russell Smith. Now we start with Shane McGowan because we're getting off of Christmas and of course Shane did right. It was Christmas Eve in the drunk tank. The old man said, don't think I'll see another one. And then he sang the rare old Mountain Dew. I turned my face away and dreamt about you. The amazing rhythm have been on my radar since nineteen seventy. Five, But I saw them in 73 at the Lone Star Cafe in New York City Where I thought they were certainly one of the best live bands combining uh, a blend of country, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, reggae, folk and even uh, Tex-Mex This was a real lively, creative bunch of guys headed by an amazing singer-songwriter named Russell Smith. And this recording we're going to attempt to capture today is called Dancing the Night Away.
1: Dancing the Night Away on the ABC record label from 1976. It did not chart. And um, the B-side is, if I knew what to say.
0: Beautifully said. And for a record that did not chart, it certainly got covered a lot. It certainly was covered um,
1: covered by Johnny Lee, who well, we uh, have done a podcast about in 1985.
0: Yeah, but uh, I think the best covers are by um, Tanya Tucker, Leo Sayer, Crystal Gale, the Oak Ridge Boys. Those are great cover versions. I, I've always appreciated Tanya Tucker, and her version of this is, is wonderful. Stand
2: Looking across the water. Everything is beautiful here, but I still don't feel like I ought Things we
1: This outfit was uh, made 18 albums over 30 years. And, you know, when you came to me and said you wanted to do this, the only record I knew was Third Rate Romance from 1975, which captured our hearts.
3: Settin' in a tiny table she was staring at her coffee cup He was trying to keep his courage up by applying boots Talk was small Scope it out And keep it loose She said You don't look like my type But I guess you'll do Third grade romance Loran rendezvous He said I'll even tell you That I love you If you want me to
0: believe you originally thought it was written by Jesse Winchester
1: I did and uh, it was not it was Russell Smith and Russell Smith had a huge career I found out writing for many country artists
0: and also one of my favorite uh, vocalists very subdued very uh, tender delivery with an ability to be impassioned at the same time it's very difficult line to walk And on a performance, which you can probably find on YouTube, of uh, he and the Aces performing on Austin City Limits, you get a glimpse of what a great uh, vocalist he was and how laid back his style was, but his ability to sing these profound, and they are profound, uh, songs that stretch the... uh, Equator of country and pop and blues infusions. It's, it's really a gorgeous thing. And he was one of my favorites, even after leaving the Rhythm Aces and uh, moving on to a solo career. Um, so
1: yeah, he yeah. died in 2019 uh, of cancer. He was 71 years old. But uh, he, he wrote a lot of really uh, hey, Bill, strong material.
0: I'm going yeah. se- to be 70 tomorrow. He died at 71. Congratulations, my friend. This is a milestone. No, you just reminded me. He died at 71 years of age. Well, everybody
1: dies (laughs) sometimes. Till
0: then. (laughs) I'll wait for you till then.
1: Your mom's 96. My dad passed at 96. Worked until he was 88.
0: Let me tell you something, my so, friend. You never—we're hoping we have more years. You never know. And Betty White—they had the whole uh, the whole one hundredth birthday celebration planned. Uh, they had everything in place, and eighteen days to go. She, Jesus, why eighteen days? What an injustice! I didn't even get to celebrate New Year's Eve. I really felt yeah. awful. Only because she has been around—it seems like forever. One of those individuals has been in my life forever since they put me in front of a TV set to be the babysitter. It's
1: hard um, to say about a 99-year-old, but, uh, you know, I didn't even know she was sick.
0: <laughs> we, we, there's many things we don't know. There, there's, there's many things. She worked
1: she worked right up until the end.
0: Yes, she did. Yes, she did. And um, God bless, as Red Skelton would say, a wondrous career. But so um, well, we may, have... I, may I
1: ask you before you, before you continue. So it's rare. I don't think we've ever covered a record that didn't chart at all. This may be the first time we've done that, and I'm curious as to why you chose this particular record.
0: Well, we have covered songs that did not chart. We did it with uh, uh, "Beating Like a Tom Tom." Oh, okay. And
1: um, that was a great record.
0: I think that this particular song captured my attention due to its extreme uh, devotion to being a pop song, to being a country song, to having a magnificent hook and a vocal performance that anyone can identify with.
1: And it is extremely romantic.
0: Very surprised it was not a hit for them, uh, but am not surprised whatsoever that it has been covered multiple times. And my favorite version is uh, Tanya Tucker's version. I think she's a wonderful vocalist. It's also been covered by the Oak Ridge Boys, Johnny Lee, who we recently did a podcast on, the Oak Ridge Boys. Did I mention Leo Sayre? Uh, no. Remember Leo Sayre? Just a boy. Yeah, um, he was just Dancing, a boy.
1: dancing, dance night away. <laughs> I swear it's so strange.
0: You make me feel like dancing. Did you watch the documentary on Robert Stigwood? Not yet. Yeah, it's a great, I highly recommend it. But I say that because... No matter how great the BGS were, they they never outlived that entire uh, that entire success, which turned into no. A they curse. went
1: through many manifestations, but that one was so huge.
0: So Leo Sayre suffered a similar fate after recording a wonderful album, where the song "Just Just a Boy," "Just a Boy," giving it all away what, what I is
1: think? that song you what's the name of the song boy
0: that's your I can't even get a handle on the melody
1: that's Leo sayer I believe
0: <laughs> I believe
1: um Russell Smith went solo in 78 and he signed with epic in 1988 he he did his highest chart Hit was number 37 I wonder what she's doing tonight
0: not to be confused with the Barry and the Tamberlanes 60s hit I wonder what she's or doing tonight the, or the or Tommy, Boys and Boyce, Heart. Tommy Boyce and Bobby Hart writers for the Monkees and many other artists it's a popular uh, title it's a popular title and a uh, and a thought that many uh, a, a male has had and uh, if you change the gender many a female has had you can't help but wonder. It's part of the human condition. Um, Russell Smith was producing for Sam Phillips in Memphis, and that's how we met Jesse Winchester. And they are connected in that sense that they went and they, uh, they toured together and became very, very friendly, and each of them has a distinct songwriting quality, what's interesting about each of them is I don't think either are identified with the power and the uh, glory that they should be.
1: Uh, Yeah, well, Jesse Winchester is one of my all-time favorites. And uh, that's the first time that I heard Third Rate Romance was on his album Learn to Love It in 1974. And also, I I don't know how much we want to talk about Jesse Winchester because it would get me Distracted, but I, I would say that um, he was distinctive in the sense that he uh, went to Canada to evade the draft and um, but always sang about his southern roots.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, but that's yes. And that's a whole conversation that.
1: Well, that's what I'm saying. I that's don't why want you to don't divert, want to. Yes,
0: of, of course, of course. And you also were recently telling me how you were listening to Jesse Winchester material that created a uh, a great emotional tidal wave within you. Uh, yes, because you are not exactly known uh, in the over half century I've known you for. I don't think I've seen you cry, but you were talking You about you you
1: haven't seen me weep openly. I've I, done a lot of that lately.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, uh, you have not had the greatest twenty twenty one. And that's why I wish you, my friend...
1: But I've never, I've never been ashamed of my
0: tears. Well, there's nothing to be ashamed of, and I think if anyone is going to be uh, human enough to be touched by anything that we talk about, you have to have the capacity for, for tears. Um, you and I, prior to this conversation, were talking about the film Don't Look Up, which is currently on Netflix, and there is a magnificent scene of Leonardo DiCaprio driving in a car with Jennifer Lawrence as the end of the world is coming, and Timothy Chalamet, and um, the song Till Then, originally recorded by the Mills Brothers, comes on. And he's depicting the origins of this song, and how it fits perfectly within the nuance of the end of the world, and what sacrifices human beings have made, and why these things are important. It's a brilliant, brilliant scene. And I immediately began to, to cry. Um, mm. The song was recorded again by the classics in 1963, and it's just one of those songs about going home, uh, originally written during World War II. So right. if something can make you feel like you've come home, then that's, I guess that's what it's all about, right? And Russell Smith had that great capacity. Uh, He wrote Look Heart No Hands a wonderful song recorded by Randy Travis when Randy of course was in his prime and he had one of the fine uh, country pop voices T. Graham Brown he wrote Don't Go to Strangers for the great Don Williams one of the (laughs) We're gonna to have to do that Bob McDill episode because Don Williams recorded a couple of Bob McDill songs which which cannot be evaded, particularly what do you do with good old boys like me, which is quite appropriate in this discussion. What do you do with good old boys like me? But for Speaking Don, of tears,
1: I remember one time um, drowning in tears listening to Randy Travis saying, uh, forever, ever, amen, um, as Shemaine was cutting my hair. Uh, not
0: only a beautiful, uh, not only a beautiful vocal performance, but a moment that creates those type of motion picture moments in your own life. And I can imagine most people are difficult to, to hear that song. Yeah, Don Williams has that capacity to bring you to tears as well. And the, uh, Russell Smith song he wrote for him is titled "Heartbeat in the Darkness." He wrote for Ricky Van Shelton, a song titled, Keep It Between the Lines. In 1978, Russell covered, um, 1979 actually, he covered the Benny Spellman tune, Lipstick Traces, which was a big uh, deal because of its coming, its New Orleans origins. And it, that song was covered by Ringo Starr and Frankie Ford, who we've done a podcast on, Delbert McClinton, and my old friend Alex Chilton. And I must also mention another amazing Rhythm Mesa song, which has always touched me and has always lived within me. It's called Amazing Grace Used to Be our Favorite Song. Lord, where is my good room, God. And he wrote Big Old Brew, which became number three. Mel McDaniel in 1982 so yeah Russell had a uh, had a fine career but he wasn't the only member of the band gang uh, you got Russell and you got bassist Jeff Stick Davis the drummer was Butch McDade and uh, you had uh, guitarist Mike Brooks and then later Dan Kennedy and the Aces came together in 72. So I saw them shortly thereafter and I, I really fell in love with them. I just thought they were just splendid in every capacity. Yeah. Everything that Leonard Skinnerd was to fans of the Confederacy, the Amazing Rhythm Aces were to me. They were. The Lone
1: Star the- Cafe was probably the best. Possible place to see them too.
0: It was for that period of time either that particular club in New York or the Bottom Line would have been, and I believe they did play the Bottom Line as well. But I saw them at the at, at the Lone Star. Um, Lone Star
1: was a kind of a tiny place.
0: Yeah, the Lone Star was a tiny... was it didn't seat the five hundred that the Bottom Line did, but. Uh, I remember one evening um, they booked Del Shannon and P.F. Sloan together. Oh, wow. That that was the first time I had seen the capacity. They played both the Lone Star and the Bottom Line, and it was the first time I saw you couldn't get in the door. Um, Interesting, because Del Shannon, a lot of people had forgotten that his roots were in country and western music. Runaway or no Runaway, his tribute to Hank Williams' album is a gorgeous thing so Russell Smith went on to a fine solo career and I have to recommend his album on Muscle Shoals record and how that's talking about going full circle um the album is called The End Is Not In Sight and oddly enough we're doing this episode on this particular song um But The End Is Not In Sight is my favorite amazing rhythm aces tune.
3: Yes, I knew the whole time I had to come back home I was just living Tired and Like a bird without a nest. Like a stranger in the night. And my soul cries out.
0: Spiritually, it, it, it has it all. And um, when when Russell passed away, I, I recognized as I did when Jesus left us, and these are all recent passings. And no—it's it, no, it's quite obvious that we are going to endure these passings of. of uh, creators that we have grown up with and have influenced us dramatically, and we're going to encounter them on a regular basis now, as as time continues, Um, that the attention paid to many of these artists is limited in comparison to artists, and this is just my humble opinion, half as talented as those who worked so diligently. And I will include Kinky Friedman in that, in that grouping. I will include, I could, I could go on and on with a list of country artists and voices. And of course, pop voices. But um, the attention paid is interesting, especially when you read obituaries. And I was interested after you had spoken about your experience, sobbing over Jesse Winchester. I went to the New York Times obituary where <laughs> he was identified as a Jesse Winchester, thoughtful singer-songwriter, passes at age, blah blah. Thoughtful. Yes.
1: Well, I think I think you know, it, it, to your point, a lot of huge success. Um, has this <clears throat> surface component, whether you call it charisma or, you know, or the the outer uh, facade um, that attracts interest. Now, to be truly great, you have to have the goods as well um, and the ambition and the creative fire and all those things to sustain. But... Um, I think what brings people to the table is a lot of times you hear, this is why MTV was so majorly successful. You know, I mean, who knows whether Madonna, because Madonna, you know, was something to behold.
0: But in our age, we did not have the ability to witness artists performing in person and it's not until they hit hullabaloo or shindig that we even knew if they were black or white so as with the cell phone and the ability to see everything instantaneously now a great a great piece of wonder. it happened head.
1: with sinatra too the voice sinatra but he was also he had these looks
0: but he was very these
1: blue eyes but, but,
0: but the first He's, yeah the first thing that was always mentioned about Frank Sinatra during the time you are referencing is how thin he was. And yes. we're not talking about David Bowie type then. For, the girls
1: were screaming. Why do you think the girls were screaming? It the girls wasn't just
0: screaming. the voice. The girls were screaming because in those days, you had newsreel clips in theaters, and some theaters devoted to newsreels. And there are other reasons that artists become successful. And I needn't tell you that management plays a very, very large part. In yes, the type deals of, are made. Deals are made yes. and promotional deals are made. And Frank Sinatra yes. is an ideal example of being one of the biggest stars on earth and falling into a pit that most in the entertainment industry did not feel he could get out of. And whether you believe the Godfather story or not, you want to talk about promotion. If it takes a gun to the head, there are some artists who are ruthless, like a Brian Epstein, like a uh, Robert Stigwood. And if you have the time, HBO Max, great series called Music Box. Watch this story on Robert Stigwood. Um, That's
1: right, because this is show business. And the businessmen are the ones who keep the wheels greased and keep it moving um, and you know Russell Smith may have been victimized to a certain extent in terms of his solo career uh, because of whatever not being promoted
0: but if you're going to I think what you were referencing is how MTV assisted in in our ability to identify the artist and to hook us into something emotionally through the visual? Is that the point you were making?
1: Yes, and we talked about Timothy Chalamet being, you know, uh, another manifestation of that.
0: Through the art of motion pictures?
1: Through, yes. yes. As an actor, I mean, there are lots of brilliant young actors. Why him, 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 him? And I told you about um, uh the woman that i know, the middle-aged woman that i know that's got a crush on him. He's he is sexually magnetic for some reason.
0: He is sexually magnetic because his appearance and this is where this is where the breaks come in and your choices are all so important. We live in an age where there is still an amazingly misogynistic, homophobic air to the culture in which we live, and the performance he gave in call my name, rendered him viable to a segment of the of the viewing population he ordinarily would not have attracted. And this is I am not speaking verbatim. This is I am interpreting from a producer I had a conversation with regarding his success, and I. Uh, imparted this to you during a prior conversation regarding him and his appearance in Don't Look Up it is his validity as that gay man that provided the opportunities for agents and others to go that type of bravery needs to be rewarded and he's being rewarded whether he has Are you account- saying
1: are you saying he, he 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 presented as a gay man but now he is a um uh, uh, cast as a heterosexual leading man. Yes. So that was the, the that was the conduit.
0: The conduit is we still live in a society that does not offer great applause when it comes to issues that we will not say out loud because we know that we're being looked at with a. Um, you you do classes now, you have to do your classes with a zoom camera watching every move you make correct mm-hmm. okay there's a reason for that there's a reason for that you know much better than I what that reason is, but that reason has been suggested long time coming that people will say things in the presence of the impressionable that might not be uh wanted, hence Marjorie Taylor Greene's Twitter account being suspended today for perpetually denying that COVID is an actual thing. We
1: are way afield. (laughs) You know
0: why we're not even close to being way afield? Because if you sit down with musicians, thoughtful musicians, and you sit down and have conversations, musicians, actors, anyone with a creative bent, the conversation, if you are up all night with them, always veers toward everything that goes on, on the, in the globe, particularly how we live our lives, your heritage. I have heard racist conversations that made sense, given the heritage of it all.
1: All right. I'll, I'll buy all that. The now connect me, connect me in, to Russell Smith.
0: The end is not in sight. Country music has always been identified as redneck music it has always been identified as anti gay anti black it is that's why charlie pride became the magnificent star he became how many other black country singers were there i remember having this conversation with black country singers and tom t hall in the room who was commenting on the same exact Hey Darius Rucker in writing there and and you come up with one place. name so we're <laughs> having <laughs> this I am I am <laughs> having <laughs> this conversation because country I'm just teasing country music, country music just, were, say, references a lot of things that become stereotypes and they are not and if there was one band in my estimation that was gone. so inclusive in providing guess every emotion and every style, and doing it with class, grace, and heritage intact. It was the amazing rhythm, Aces. Brilliant callback. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I ask you now to go and do your due diligence, as Judge Mesnick will be presiding over this case, as I place on the turntable... The Amazing Rhythm Aces Dancing the Night Away.
3: Everything's beautiful here, but still don't feel like I ought to. Remember everything, dresses you used to wear. Look so right and graceful, you seem to float right through the air. I look so fond and but you love me anyhow. I guess I'd find somebody. I should look for companionship, but just gets in my way.
0: It's a thing of beauty, as I say. Now, what does that even mean? It's not my favorite. What, what, you know? It's like, what's the best? That's why every time award season comes around, I get less and less. I think more and more about what, what's the best. Everything's objective, subjective, dejective, objectified, rejected. What, we're just people. We're just people. And whatever touches us, touches us. But we live in a society that demands that it be sold. And that is, our, that is our greatest fault and our greatest flaw. Because what it does is it eclipses the greatest of emotions and even takes hostage the greatest of artists like Bob Dylan and Bruce Springsteen. Because if you do not create the dollar, then you have not created the success you think you should have created or maybe the public thinks that you should have created. And in the age of TikTok, and in the age of Instagram, and Jesus Christmas, I preferred it when I could not see what was going on behind that AM dial, the mystery, the mystery of the library, walking into a library. You have to look, you have to research, research, imagine, you have to study, And the rhythm are that group. You don't have to do anything but look for them or have them brought to your attention. and It will open a book. It will open a complete book of this kind of music that exceeds what is allegedly the brilliance of the Flying Burrito Brothers or the birds. It exceeds a dimension that was coming of age with songwriting technique, flair and talent, that for this particular uh, commentator had not been seen prior. So I think they're pioneers. And uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it, mes. because I'm going to be 70 years old tomorrow, and this is my new attitude for the new year. <laughs> Fuck it. If you can't talk about what you need to talk about before it's all over, what we have to do as human beings is we have to talk it all over before it's all over. We got to talk it over before it's over. I don't think I took my medication this morning. Oh,
1: Christ. now the service is inclu- will be concluded.
0: Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I leave it to you. God or no God? Hey, just for just for kicks, and because it's my birthday, you're going to do me a favor. You're going to do me what? a favor, okay? Ladies and gentlemen The Mills Brothers Till then
2: Till then My darling please wait for me Till then No matter when It will be one day I know I'll be back again way, till then, our dreams, will live though we are apart, our love, I know we'll keep in our hearts, till then, when all the world... We must cross And mountains That we must climb. I know Every game Must have a loss So pray That our loss Is nothing but Time till then Let's Dream of what there Will be till on each memory till then when i will hold you again please wait till then All Memory till then, when I will hold you again. Please wait till
0: then. We'll see you next time with another episode of Put on a Stack of 45s. Don't forget to listen to Captain Billy's Magic Eight Ball takes an 8-track out of his collection, and he just ponders the universe in his magnificent way. He's much more reserved and often much more coherent than, than I am. But uh, I am someone who not only covers music, but I cover boxing, professional wrestling, and a number, number of other uh, cultural <laughs> cultural patterns within our society. So my brain is filled with wonder, filled with wonder. Till then, Bill Mesnick, till then. Till then, till
3: then.